Welcome to the Organized Investor Pod Class with Jerry Goodman and Megan Hubbard from Tennessee Wealth Management. Think of these pod classes as a college of knowledge, and the curriculum is an inside look at how we work with our clients to organize their investments, their retirement, and their affairs. Our process is certainly not the only approach, but it has served our clients well. Listening may materially improve your life as well, but for that to happen, it also takes an open mind, an interest to learn, and your trust in what we're sharing. We focus only on what is relevant and will explain things several times in different ways over multiple classes to ensure you understand their importance. We suggest you subscribe so you'll receive reminders about the next class. And with the tools and information on our website, theorganizedinvestor.com, you can start getting organized right now. Welcome, I'm Megan Hubbard, along with my dad, Jerry Goodman, and students, we're glad you were able to join us today. You can think of us as Megan and Dad. I'm a former first grade teacher at Christian Academy of Knoxville, and Dad at least remembers being in the first grade. Right, Dad? Actually, I remember kindergarten where I learned how to tie my shoes. That was pretty entertaining. Well, that's good that you were, A, remember that skill. Do you still use that skill today? I am trainable in no. Well, actually, sometimes, but I mainly wear flip-flops except for um, weddings and funerals, and I wear regular shoes for those. And listeners, I can confirm this. He's actually not lying. He has flip-flops on as we are speaking on this podcast. And you could stop by our office any day and confirm that he is indeed in flip-flops. So don't, if you ever come to visit us, don't feel the need to get all fancy and dressed up for him or me because he's well, in flip-flops. Well, at least I didn't grow a ponytail and buy a motorcycle so far. Well, so no, far. you haven't. Not so that we far. have any... So far, issues with people that have ponytails or motorcycles. It just wouldn't be a good look for my dad. So, anyways, I have a master's degree in curriculum and instruction, and dad has over 40 years of stories and experiences from the financial industry. I'm younger, he's older, I'm shorter, he's taller, I'm nicer, and he's a little funnier than me. But we can't agree on who's smarter yet. We haven't crossed that bridge yet. Oh, they'll so, figure it out. They'll figure it out. I'm sure they will very quickly. <laughs> so we actually refer to these as a pod class. And our goal is for this to be the most informative and entertaining one you've listened to all day, maybe even all week. I was just thinking that if this were like January 1st, this could be the most exciting and entertaining pod class they've listened to all year. So in our post-COVID world, which means where we live now and post and COVID is kind of behind us, we made the decision to kind of migrate away from doing live workshops and started doing these with a pod class or podcast, pod class, potato, potato, because it's a much more convenient way for people to learn. I mean, you can listen to our insightful comments and you know, when and where you happen to be, wherever you want to be, from the, you know, the convenience of your computer, your smartphone, uh, tablet, whatever that might might be. So for the pod class today, we're going to spend some time on two things. The first is organizing your investments. The second is organizing your retirement. But yes, we're going to do them in reverse order as we sometimes do. They keep you on your toes. So our grand plan here is to be both educational as well as entertaining. And you may find it helpful on our website to go on our website where you can find and download and print a copy of our riveting 36-page reference guide 
that you may find helpful. Because in virtually every episode we go through, some of what we're going to discuss is covered in those guides. And actually having a printed copy to refer to may help you along the way to, to actually see something in print as opposed to just hearing about it in words. So on the topic of organizing your retirement, this can make a make this can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, like income planning, Social Security, Medicare, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Do you have any information on there about things like, I don't know, diapers and hearing aids? What you, what'd you say? Did you say something about hearing aids? Real funny. Anyways, uh, I probably should go ahead and put a disclaimer out there that our family has a very long history of pulling hearing jokes on each other when there's something said that is related what? to hearing. Wait, what What was that? Okay, they get it. Ha ha, okay. funny. Move so, so we don't... We don't have time to cover what organizing your retirement means for every person on the planet, but we can tell you what it means for Sally, one of our clients who used to work at the post office. So way back 2015, a few years ago, Sally was like 60 years old. She had some medical issues that were causing some problems for her at work. But and even though Sally was just working part-time, Megan, she didn't just dislike her job. Oh, no. It was much worse than that. She absolutely hated it. I couldn't speak to her on the phone without getting an earful about how much she despised her job. And it gave me a whole new understanding about why sometimes people at the post office may actually go postal, you know, from the stories I've read. What'd you say? Uh, funny. So I deserve <laughs> that. So fortunately for Sally, you know, we've done a very good job in growing her IRA. And we'll explain that in a minute. But she didn't have any debt, which was helpful. And so I said, well, let's look at this and maybe at your retiring uh, options and see if we can make this happen. Now, Sally is like a lot of people. She's concerned that when you go from having a job or having a business that provides you income to, to now you're going to fund your, all your living expenses from another source, it's pretty scary. So even, you could even be worth a fair amount of money, and there can still be this fear of running out of money before you run out of retirement. It's, it's, it's not a thing that people want to do. So even though Sally, she had a small pension, most people don't. And most people are retiring with a lump sum of cash and something like a retirement plan, like a 401k or maybe an IRA. So moving from what we call the accumulation phase when you're still working to the consumption phase, which is during retirement, can be pretty frightening. And most people won't tell you this, but there's a lot of people out there that in their mind, they're thinking, my gosh, I'm more concerned about running out of money than I am about dying. It, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty concerning. So just like Sally, like I have nerves already about thinking about my retirement and my husband's retirement down the road. And I'm only 42 years old, nowhere near retirement, but I think it's something that's in the back of all of our heads. And that's why I think you may benefit from letting us take you through what we call the Envision process. The summary we created for Sally was very detailed, and it included her cash flow projection, and it also factored in taxes and inflation. What that means is the projections are in today's dollars and are after tax. There was no cost to prepare this for her, but it did require her to invest some time with us and make sure we had accurate information. So Envision is the stage name of our financial planning tool. And for Sally, it said that based on the assumptions we had made, she could retire with high probability that she would be okay. 
And let me tell you, it took Sally about mm, 13.2 seconds. Maybe. And I think it might have been 13.1 seconds. It might have been 13 seconds. It was a very short amount of time after getting the news that we said she could retire comfortably that she decided she was done with working. To describe Sally as happy would be a huge understatement. Fortunately, we have lots of Sally stories where people are so happy to have the confidence that they can actually retire and be okay. And it's such a good feeling when we get to tell someone that. So let's talk a little bit about the operations of all of this. So for Sally, her pension and Social Security payments, those are pretty simple. In fact, they don't even really involve us. And the way that works is they just go straight into her um, account every month. But for her IRA, which we do manage for her, we make a withdrawal once a month for typically the same amount of money. We're, we will withhold a certain percentage of that for income taxes. And then whatever is net after tax, we'll just do a direct deposit of, of that remainder into her checking account. And it usually shows up about the same time, the same day of every month, depending on, of course, on when the weekends hit or maybe there's a holiday thrown in there to, to, to alter that just a little bit. So along the way, if Sally needed some additional money for something out of the ordinary, she gives us a call and it'll usually end up in her account in a day or two. So as we said a minute ago, her house is paid for. I think we mentioned that. She's pretty frugal with her money. So her IRA has actually increased a lot in value in spite of the fact she's been taking withdrawals out of it since she retired. And for us, this is actually the fun part of the practice where you go through and you can actually help somebody live the life they want to live, but, you know, have that retirement that they may have been planning for, you know, for throughout their entire working career. Yes. And that is accurate. It is the best part of our job to be able to tell people that they get to retire comfortably, like I said earlier. So we want to be able to do that for you as well. And there are lots of things on our website, theorganizedinvestor.com, that would lead you to some information that we've been talking about today and get this process started for you right now. Um, you can go to our retirement page and you're going to find a zillion things. Not really a zillion, but there's a hey, lot there's, of stuff on there. There's at least two zillion there, I, I promise. <laughs> Did you count them all? <laughs> well, no, but there's there's at least a zillion, maybe more. Well, I'm going to give you just a preview of some of the things on our retirement page on our organized investor website. I'm not going to tell them all to you, but here are some things that you can go and look for and just read through yourself. So we have a condensed brochure and a complete brochure that actually explains the Envision process. There's also a couple of samples of an Envision report. So you could look at that for yourself. There's one for a couple and there's another one for a retired widow. There's actually also a long profile form and a condensed version that you can go ahead and start completing today if you wanted to online. There's a link that goes along with these forms that you can upload this information right back to us securely. It's through our Citrix share file program. It's all encrypted and there's no worrying about um, something getting compromised, information getting compromised. It is all very secure. Um, there's also a lot of videos and a lot of other information on the subject of retirement, just things like social security, Medicare and healthcare. There's even, um, information about women and investing. So Any, anything on there, Megan, about hearing aids? No, no, there's not, but maybe I'll add a section just for you and even include some hearing jokes. How about that? 
you're too good to me, Megan. I'm, I'm simply, I'm just not worthy to be your father. You know that? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so anyways, there should be something for everyone on that page. Um, and before you start a project like Envision, I would just suggest that you call us first to answer any questions that you might have. And even a better idea would actually be to set a meeting with us and just come to our office so we can talk face-to-face about your personal situation. These are no-cost, no-obligation meetings, but it does allow us to really kind of dig deeper into your personal circumstances and make sure that this report is tailored to your specific needs. Hopefully you're enjoying this Organized Investor Pod class with Megan Hubbard, the Dean of our College of Knowledge, and Jerry Goodman, her CFP dad. Check out our class notes to find out how to reach us and subscribe to our pod classes to get started. So we talked about Sally and her getting her retirement organized. The next topic we're going to talk about is how we helped her get her investments organized. And we're not referring to a lot of administrative things like consolidating the number of accounts she has or making things um, titled properly. Those are all important things. Don't get me wrong. But in this case, we're actually referring to how her assets are actually invested within her IRA so she could retire from the job that she literally hated and hang out with her family and do fun things that she enjoys more than working at the post office. So her Envision summary gave her the confidence that she would be okay to retire based on a small pension, her Social Security, and the IRA we had been managing for her. Sally's an example of a client who we've been able to materially improve not only the financial future for her, but this even flows down to her family who are going to ultimately inherit some of these assets. In fact, we have lots of clients who've been able to have a dramatic improvement in what they've been able to do. So here's a question not to just think about, but to literally answer in your mind. First, are you interested in materially improving your long-term financial future? Now, that may sound like an odd question, but we have lots of clients who have either have more money than they're ever going to spend or, or and or they don't have anybody to leave the money to. Okay. So what we're about to cover may not be of any interest to you, but we hope you'll at least listen out of some curiosity as to what we're going to say next. If you are interested in materially improving your long-term financial future, how do you actually define that? You know, everybody can have a slightly different definition of what that means, right? So we thought it'd be important to share these stories because it may be possible to change yours as well, depending, on, of course, on how you're actually investing your assets currently. And that can mean everyone has a different starting point. And if you're doing the exact same thing that Sally's doing for her investments, then maybe there's nothing to improve. But that's not what we usually see or very likely. And since everybody does have a different opinion of what it means to dramatically improve their financial future, let's just start off with an example and see if maybe this will qualify. So let's assume that you have a million dollars in an investment account and that you could increase your overall performance by $20,000 a year. Okay, to be clear, this is an increase of $20,000 per year on top of whatever return you've already been getting, okay? And a $20,000 per year increase is equivalent to $400,000 over a 20-year period, again, for a million-dollar investment. So we would consider this to be a material impact to somebody's long-term financial future, and I would expect that most people would agree with this. 
I would think so. And, you know, as we're explaining this, there's the risk that you're going to think all of this is unrealistic and not possible. But the fact is, it is possible. It actually is definitely possible. And we see this all of the time when we review investment statements. So it all depends on your investments and how they're currently being managed. And back to the question about a $20,000 per year increase in return for a million dollar portfolio. You know, that seems like a big increase, but Actually, you only need to improve your overall performance by 2% per year. So in other words, 2% of a million dollars is $20,000 per year. And that equals $400,000 over a 20-year period, which is just the pure mathematics of it. So it's our starting point. Our goal is, again, a 2% overall improvement. If we were to sit down and have a conversation with somebody, we just start there. And again, a 2% increase may sound unrealistic. It may sound overstated, but before you start to dismiss what we're saying, be patient because we're going to explain the process. When you peel back the onion on this 2% improvement that we're, that we are referring to, usually 1% is going to come from lower fees and expenses. The other 1% is going to come from better investment performance. That's typically what we see. And to keep this nice and simple, let's keep using this million dollar example because it's a nice round number, isn't it? What about $10 million? Could we go with that? That was certainly bigger. I don't know if it's any rounder, but it's bigger. Well, that is true. I guess we probably shouldn't go crazy. So we'll just stick with your million dollars. But again, if the overall performance of your million dollar improves by 2%, that's $20,000 per year, which is equivalent to $400,000 over a 20-year period. If your portfolio is half that size, divide $400,000 by two. If you have twice that much invested, then double the $400,000 amount. This is actually a lot of money, which is all the more reason to listen closely to these suggestions on how this could be possible. It's It's a lot lot of trips to the mall. It's a lot of cruises. It's a lot of fun over over a 20-year period. I'm thinking more like college educations because I have three children or cars because I have teenage drivers. That's true. I would love to go to the mall and spend all that money too, though. That could be fun. Anyways, well, let me run through some ways that we can help with this. So first, by reducing any investment fees you may be paying. Second, by avoiding unnecessary investment expenses you might not even know you're paying. And then third, by being more selective with your investment choices to get a better return. So yes, we are trying to simplify this, but we also have very specific suggestions that actually explain how we do this with clients like Sally and hopefully you. So let's start off first with the fees. Let's assume, since we're making a lot of assumptions, we're going to assume that you have a financial advisor. And since it's become the popular way to work with clients, we're going to assume that that financial advisor has set up an advisory account for you. So if you don't know what that means, this is a type of an account where they're charging you a fee, say once a month or once a quarter, based upon the size of the account. Now, we also use advisory accounts. However, the advisory fee that we charge is probably less than any advisory fee that you might be paying. Now, how do we know that? Well, we we can say that because there are 15,000 advisors that are affiliated with our clearing firm, which is Wells Fargo Clearing Corporation. And for those 15,000, the advisory account fee that they charge is, on average, about a quarter of a point higher than what we charge. So to be clear, your advisor has decided on what advisory fee they're going to charge you. And while we decided to charge less, 
why we decided to charge less is we want it to be more reasonable with what we're charging. We have this do unto others mantra that we try to follow. So reducing your advisory fee by a quarter of a point, it's not a massive amount of money, but for a million dollars portfolio, it's equal to $2,500 per year. So just keep that in mind. This is a piece of the puzzle of this overall 2% improvement that we're trying to see if you can realize. Right. And I'm just going to add on to that and say, you know, there's also avoidable expenses. So let's talk about that for a minute. A lot of advisors are using various mutual funds or exchange traded funds inside these advisory accounts. And maybe they just have you invested in mutual funds individually, but either way, we try to avoid these types of investments because they can actually add another whole layer of internal expenses that can be as much as 1% per year. So in other words, in addition to the advisory fee you're paying, there are also internal costs buried inside of some of these types of investments that are not so obvious to you. Now, if you've always been invested in, say, mutual funds or exchange-traded funds, you may wonder, well, how do I invest the money if it's not in one of those types of investments? So we think a much better alternative in our advisory accounts is to focus on higher quality individual stocks that have a history of raising their dividends. And there's several reasons why we do it it this way. For example, there's no internal cost to own individual stocks versus mutual funds and exchange-traded funds that that do have a fee, okay? You can save a lot of money with this. Uh, Individual stocks also are more transparent versus trying to understand what some mutual fund owns at any point in time. Individual stocks let you be more selective about what you actually own. So you can avoid some bad things that maybe you don't want to have money invested in. And and lastly, stocks also give you better control over your taxes because you don't mutually own investments with everybody else who actually owns the same mutual fund. Because it's called a mutual fund because you mutually own it with everybody else. But the big one is, again, that there's no internal cost to own shares like Walmart or Smucker's Jelly or Costco in these advisory accounts because they're just pure individual high quality common stocks. So if you have an advisory account that is invested in mutual funds, exchange traded funds, or maybe even both, close attention to this. On page 22 of the reference guide that we've spoken about a couple of times, as well as on the investments page of our website, we actually have an example of a mutual fund advisory account that has a hefty internal cost that is totaling 0.78% per year. And now hefty means it's big, right? uh, I'm pretty sure that's the definition for for that word. It's like the hefty hefty bags, bags, I guess. You can fit a lot of stuff in them. Yeah. Maybe they fit a lot of Of um, costs into this. So if someone has a million dollars in that particular mutual fund model, let's say, that 0.78% charge means that they're going to pay $7,800 per year in internal costs. That's $7,800 per year that they probably have never even seen or known that they're paying buried inside there. So that's equivalent to $156,000 over a 20-year period. Again, this is a lot of of expense you may be able to avoid. You know, and one thing you make a good point, and and but I'll, I'll just touch on this mathematically. We're just you're making that assumption that there's not even any price appreciation along the way, because if the if the account value had been going up some over the time over a period of time, those costs are actually even higher than that because the percentage is being based on a bigger an increasing number every year. So in that 
information, you're also going to see in, uh, for, about that same mutual fund model. Uh, you're also going to see the performance that we consider to be pretty mediocre for, for what it is. When we first mentioned our goal of improving your overall performance by 2% a year, you, you may have thought, well, this isn't possible. So the first item was really about saving money with lower advisory fees. The second one that we just talked about is about avoiding funds that have an internal expenses that can be rather onerous that are buried inside of that. So these two items we just covered may give you just those two collectively, maybe about a 1% improvement, just those two alone. Okay. So it's, it's pretty simple, but again, it all depends on how the investments are currently being managed to see if, you know, if those savings might be available for you. Right. Definitely. It's going to all boil down to that. Um, so question, and we've never asked Sally this question, but we're kind of asking, I'm going to ask dad this question. Do you think Sally pays attention to the prices when she goes to the grocery store, dad? Uh, yeah, unless she uses Instacart and she does it on her phone or, or online. Well, but I'd say she might even pay more attention on Instacart because they are literally right there on your phone. There's nothing else to distract you, you know, oh, okay. kids and, you know, putting things in your grocery cart that you don't need or, um, people being in your way when you're trying to get your orange juice or your milk. So yeah. I would expect that Sally's probably looking at the prices at the grocery store. Um, I'd say virtually everyone does this, right? Especially nowadays when things are so expensive. Right. Um, because these prices, they're also right in front of you and it's not hard to compare things, right? So saving 1% in fees and costs for a million dollar portfolio, you know, it's equivalent to $10,000 per year or $200,000 over 20 years. And we've found savings actually larger than that for a lot of people. And again, we're still just talking about the fees and costs here. We've not even gotten to the investment performance yet. So obviously this can be a lot more than what you can save on a loaf of bread, right? But you may be able to figure this out on your own by just looking at your statements, or we can help you dig in and help you understand how you could also be saving from all of this. Our main suggestion would be to pay attention to the big stuff like your investments and not about how much you can save on Twinkies. And if you don't know how much you can save from things like this, we're happy to help, like I said, and just dig into those statements because some of these things can be kind of hard to sometimes find if you're not sure of what you're looking for. When was the last time you bought a box of Twinkies, Megan? Was I it... thought Twinkies went away at one point. Didn't uh, they? I don't I, I thought they're like the dinosaur where they kind of, well, I guess they do. I think the dinosaur went away. So never mind. Bad analogy. <laughs> yeah. So the the third way, the first was basically trying to reduce fees that you might be paying. Second was trying to avoid some avoidable costs that you may not even know you're paying. And this third topic is to how to improve your overall performance by being more selective with your investments. Now, what does that mean? That's kind of a, a nebulous term. It means trying to get a better, better rate of return on the investments themselves. Now, you may say, well, duh, who wouldn't want to do that? But uh, again, reducing fees and expenses, pretty straightforward. Either you're going to re realize those savings or you won't, depending on how, the manage, uh, how they're currently being managed. But investment performance is not that predictable. It's not a black and white issue like fees and expenses. However, there's a lot more opportunities, a huge potential here to improve your overall performance by improving your investment return. Yes. And I would add to that, it's very common to see an advisory account that actually owns either mutual funds or exchange traded funds, or maybe even both. 
And that account may have mediocre returns because having 20 mutual funds, for example, that own several hundred stocks each means you may own three to 4,000 companies. And owning that many companies means you've gone from diversification to what we call here in our office diversification because you effectively own most every stock on the planet. So, you know, you're owning the good ones and the bad ones, some which may be actually losing money. Some are, you know, trading over their projected price target. There's small companies that have no dividends and companies that are poorly rated even by analysts. So, for example, the S&P 500 index, and obviously it's made up of 500 companies, right? Well, Uh, there's actually 502, but who's counting, right? uh, uh, Well, maybe that's your stick for being smarter than me because I just thought it was 500. So on September 1st of 2023, the S&P 500 index actually had 39 companies that had negative earnings per share, 17 companies trading above their projected price targets, and 100 of those companies that didn't pay a dividend at all. That is what can be avoided when you use individual stocks versus these mutual funds and exchange traded funds that might be inside your portfolio. So back to Sally's IRA. We are not investing in mutual funds. Okay, What we're doing, we're buying actual common stocks of higher quality companies that have a history of raising their dividends. And they're primarily from what's called the DSIP list, D-S-I-P, which stands for, as you'll understand why we, a- we have an acronym or a nickname for this, it stands for a mouthful of words called Diversified Stock Income Plan, D-S-I-P. So this is, a, this is a fl- the flagship list from Wells Fargo Research. And the performance numbers, as you might expect, are on page 12 of the reference guide. And also, they're on the investment page of the website. So you can find this at a couple of different places. So since the DSIP list was created, which was back in 1993, through, let's just say, through the end of 2022, this is what the information is on the website right now, the S&P index, S&P 500 index, returned 9.6% per year, which is pretty good. Now, But over that same time frame, the DSIP list itself had an average annual return of 12% per year. So 9.6% for the index, 12% for the DSIP list. And if you're doing the math in your head, we'll save you the trouble. It's a 25% increase or, or betterment of the versus the S&P index itself. And the DSIP list actually did this with 10% less statistical volatility, if you really care about all that, but it's, it is important, which is pretty impressive. So I, I, I'll, with that said, I've had people say to me, well, Jerry, you know, 12% over the last 30 years, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that great. But as someone like myself who is paid to manage money professionally for people, I assure you it is. Yes, I would agree with that. And I'm also going to add on to that because there is only a very small percentage of mutual funds that have actually outperformed the S&P 500 index over longer periods of time. There's an even smaller percentage that have exceeded it by 25% a year, like the DSIP list. And there's an even smaller percentage still that have done this with less volatility than the DSIP list. So- If you question if this is actually true, I encourage you to take a look at the Ned Davis Research Report and the research guide that shows similar outperformance of stocks that also increased their dividends. And the companies that Sally owns in her IRA, they're products and services that most people know and use. They're places that we all shop at, we all are buying food from or supplies from, companies like Home Depot, McDonald's, Costco, Johnson & Johnson. Really good good companies. And the reason... That this, that 
they ha- if this list has such exceptional performance, it's because these are companies that, again, have a history of consistently raising their dividends. They're not necessarily the stocks that have the highest dividend mathematical yield, but they're raising their dividends the most. And this is very attractive to investors. You have to understand. And the fact that the dividend income is increasing every year, this allows Sally, if she wants to, to increase the, the withdrawals from her account every year. So why do we focus on investing in common stocks from the DSIP list? Well, duh, it's because we literally can't find a better idea than this one. And, and we say this very sincerely. If someone has a better idea than this one, we'd like to hear about it. We really would. And also, by the way, we get to brag about the DSIP list because it's not even our list. It's actually published by Wells Fargo Research. So, you know, if you're interested, the reference guide also has a list of 13 companies from the DSIP list. And some of those have raised their dividends for more than 60 consecutive years and have been increasing their dividends at a much faster rate than the rest of the market. You know, one of the stocks on that list, and I don't know why, but Lowe's, which started in North Carolina, um, they've raised their dividend, I think, for 60 or 61 years. And I'm surprised, no disrespect to them, but I'm surprised they've even been around that long. I thought it was a, a younger company than that one. They've almost now, been around as long as you. Almost, almost. And, but, but it's done very well. It's a great company. So you can see the historical performance of the DSIP list, again, in the reference guide and also the investment page. We encourage you to go take a look at that. Now, when you do, you're going to notice that the DSIP list has outperformed the S&P 500 index over the last one year, outperformed it over the last three years, five years, 10-year periods, as well as going all the way back to the inception date of November 30th, 1993. It's almost 30, it's almost having its 30-year anniversary here or 30-year birthday coming up this fall. So take some time and compare these returns to whatever strategy you're invested in. And I want you to ponder how much, if any, that you think you might be able to improve your investment performance. In other words, if your investment returns had been, let's say, similar to the returns of the decent plus, I mean, how much better off would you be now? Nothing? 1%, 2%? What do you think it might be? And an even better question is to ask, how much do you think that would equate to just in terms of additional money? Okay. Remember, we're we're just referring to also investment performance here, not what you may save in terms of fees and expenses. So, okay, I'm going to say this, and it's probably going to sound a little bit self-serving, but we have a lot of happy clients. Now, however... If you consider the DSIP list has been our primary investment focus for many years with the, these exceptionally good historical returns, you would expect clients would be happy campers, right? Right. And so we're going to explain how we manage these accounts in later pod classes, or you can look at page four of the reference guide. And for now, know that these can be virtually any type of account. There's a $50,000 minimum account size, and there's no individual transaction charges, and the advisory fee is probably less than the advisory fee you're being charged right now on your current portfolio. Right. And and back to happy campers, they are campers, although they're not living in tents. Some of them are living in some really nice trailers, <clears throat> but they are happy campers. <laughs> so our goal is for organizing your investments uh, is to improve the overall performance by 2% a year. We've said this a couple of times. And for a million-dollar portfolio, again, it's equivalent to $400,000 over 20 years. Part of it comes from reducing the fees and expenses. Part of it may be from trying to improve your actual investment performance by owning these companies that we're talking about with a history of raising their dividends. 
Now, I would expect that most people would consider that to be a material improvement if that were you know, to happen to their long-term financial future. Uh, if you're not sure, though, you know, how much your overall performance might improve, we're happy to have a chat with you. And we, as again, we've said this several times, we also have an upload link on our website with Citrix. With us, a secure site, a secure upload link. If you want to send us some statements and you want to have a chat with us about those. Our pod classes are an effective and efficient way to explain how we help our clients organize their investments, their retirement, and their affairs. And to be a good steward of your time as well as ours, we would just ask that you please listen to a number of our pod classes to help you understand our approach and also to educate yourself on topics that you might not know about. At that point, we can have a chat to understand your situation and see if working together might be a good fit. Also, in the interim, as you're listening to these pod classes, if questions come up, please feel free to contact us. We are here. You can reach us via email, phone, um, meeting, in-person meeting. We would love to meet with you in person. We love to have face-to-face conversations with people because that's where we really start to build a relationship with people and can understand your situation in depth. And that's why we're here. We're here to to tailor what we do to your personal situation. So please contact us. You can find our information on our website, www.theorganizedinvestor.com. Thanks for listening today and class is dismissed. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the organized investor or TN Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning or before making any investment decision. And please consult legal or tax professionals for specific information regarding your individual situation. The organized investor cannot accept trade or account instructions on or through this platform. Please contact us directly at contactus at tnwealthmanagement.com or 865-415-2060 to place a trader for trade or account related questions. Brokerage and advisory services are provided by TN Wealth Management through Prospera Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. The organized investor is a brand name operated by TN Wealth Management for educational platform purposes.